On the resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life in weakness, raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed, no God understand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my Savior, ready to live in glory land. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Glorified with Him forever Death will be lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never stand no more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my likeness. ready to live. I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal life. One. hallelujah morning when the last trump of God shall sound. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal grace, all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, oh yes, I'll have a new home, glory, glory, with reading, no God to stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my likeness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. I'm your host, Bruce Kessler. I just want to let you know I'm part of the greatest movement ever. A follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him alone, friend, I find peace, joy, happiness. I am blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about the perfect sacrifice. Amen? The perfect sacrifice. But before we get to that study... A few things along the way, and the first is Headline News. Now get this, get this. You remember the actor Mark Wahlberg? He's gearing up for his first faith-based film. To be released this spring. The film is called Father Stew. It's based on the true story of boxer turned priest Father Stuart Long. Wahlberg will be playing Long's character, believes the story in the upcoming film is what the world needs today. 
People need to have faith and hope. Young men need to know what it's like to be a real man. And you can list a million reasons. Just turn on the news anywhere you look. There are reasons for encouraging people to have faith and to have hope. Father Stu passed away in 2014, found early success as a boxer while in college. His career was cut short due to health issues, and that led him to have a brief career in filmmaking, later working as a bouncer in nightclubs and comedy clubs. While Long was initially agnostic in his beliefs, he would later turn to faith after suffering a near-death experience in a motorcycle accident. From then on, he became a Roman Catholic and later a priest. It's never too late. That's what this film is all about. As long as you're breathing, you have an opportunity to redeem yourself. Get that, friend. This was my calling, actor Mark Wahlberg, to star in first faith-based film called Father Stew. Father Stew. Look that up, friend. Might be a very interesting movie to see for sure. Well, get this. An Illinois county must pay more than $370,000 in attorney's fees for requiring a Christian nurse to refer women for abortions and provide abortifacient contraceptives. A state judge ruled Wednesday. Get that. Sandra Royhaus had worked as a pediatric nurse for 18 years in Winnebago County Health Department when in 2015 she and other nurses were required to undergo training that involved learning about abortion referrals, abortifacient contraceptives. Rojas objected, saying her Christian faith prohibited her, prohibited her from assisting in abortion services. Although her supervisor gave her a temporary religious accommodation, Rojas was told that the training and abortion-related services were required. She later resigned and then sued the county, alleging it had violated her freedom of religion and freedom of conscience acts. So the 17th Judicial Circuit sided with her, said that she was improperly discriminated against by refusing to accommodate her objections of conscience. He ruled that they had violated the Illinois Health Care Right of Conscience Act. And they were reprimanded to pay her $374,104 in attorney fees. Get that. Illinois County must pay $370,000 for requiring Christian nurse to perform abortion services. Mmm. Crazy, isn't it, friend? Just to even think about. What goes on behind the scenes in this world against Christians and people of faith? Well, get this. This is great news. Four ground, groundbreaking Bible movies that include the unabridged text of Scripture for the script are now available in more than 1,000 languages. Amen, folks? 
The films are simply titled The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were released in English beginning in 2014 and then translated into other languages through a partnership distribution uh, Bible Media Group and Faith Comes by Hearing. The films were a core element of what is called the Lumo Project. Unlike most other Bible movies that use selected text, the four films use the unabridged word-for-word -word text of Scripture for the dialogue and scripts. Get that, folks. Around ten years ago, I dreamed of producing a film version of the Gospels that would be accessible, transformative for people throughout the world, said Hannah Leader, who created and produced the films. I dreamt that we could reach 1,000 languages, a lot of help and a lot of faith, and in God's good time we received, achieved the goal, and I am indeed overwhelmed with joy. Get that! Groundbreaking word-for-word -word Bible movies now in 1,000 languages. Overwhelmed with joy, produces, producer says. Get that. Those films are simply titled The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Great news, folks. Some good things to watch on TV. Good movies, folks. Word-for-word -word translations in real-life presentation. Amen, folks. Amen. And glory, hallelujah. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. Now, this day in church history. Near the middle of the 19th century, Ebenezer Davies, an English missionary to Guana, traveled to the United States because of the ill health of his wife. Entering the country at New Orleans, he made his way up its great rivers, arriving eventually at New York. He wrote many frank letters about American institutions. These were soon published as a book. He was appalled at slavery and recorded many horrors he witnessed. He found much else that was commendable in the United States. Here are observations regarding churches he penned on this day in 1848 as he was traveling up the Ohio River. Here's his quote. On the 19th of February, or about noon, we arrived at Evansville on the Indiana side of the river. This was the prettiest place we had yet seen, and its charms were enhanced by the assurance that it was free from the taint of slavery. The rise of this little town has been rapid. Its population is about 3,000, three churches with their neat and graceful spires rising above the other buildings, were conspicuous in the distance. At 5 p.m. we passed Owensboro on the Kentucky side of the river. This, too, is a neat little town with a proportionate number of places of worship. Indeed, 
on every hand that places of worship appear to rise simultaneously with the young settlement. The free and efficient working of the voluntary principle is the glory of America. In reference to church accommodation, it everywhere appears to decided advantage compared to the most favored parts of England. There you go, folks. That's this day in church history. Folks, we have a little bit of fun with Name That Bible Character. Here is your clue. Here is your clue. I was the purpose of King Agrippa's trip to Caesarea. What purpose am I? Here is your clue one more time. I was the purpose of King Agrippa's trip to Caesarea. What purpose am I? There you go, folks. We'll reveal the final answer to this tantalizing clue following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal in our final segment of Name That Bible Character. And now, folks, get your cup of coffee or a hot cup of tea or whatever you have and pull up a chair, sit in your sofa, wherever it is, open up God's fantastic and powerful word. Turn with me to Leviticus, the Old Testament. Our topic is uh, called the perfect sacrifice. Turn with me to Leviticus chapters 4, 5, and 6. These were on my reading list here recently. And uh, there's just some powerful things that are going on in this Old Testament, Leviticus. And uh, he's talking about the sin offering. And uh, in verse 1 of Leviticus chapter 4, he says this, friend, listen to this. And the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, When anyone sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, and then he breaks down the different number of people that he wants to address that need to go get atonement for their sin. You see, you just couldn't just run and just talk to God and do what we do today, which is fall down and and, and confess our sins and plead with him and approach the throne of grace. No, they had a process that they had to go through. They had to be obedient to that process. And the first that he addresses, of course, is the priest. He says in verse 3 that if the anointed priest sins, bringing guilt on the people, he must bring to the Lord a young bull without defect as a sin offering for the sin that he has committed. Everybody had a specific command to approach God for atonement of their sin, whether it was intentional or not. Ignorance wasn't bliss. 
You couldn't just say what we might say to a cop. I didn't know that the speed limit had dropped to 25. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, how, how in the world can you give me a ticket? Well, under law uh, here in Leviticus, ignorance provided absolutely no excuse whatsoever. And we're going to read here a few instances of unintentional sin. Although held accountable for when the Israelites could overcome their guilt by offering, as we're going to be reading, prescribed sacrifices. First, we read it here just a second ago of the of the anointed priest bringing guilt on the Lord through his own sin, and then he must bring a young bull without defect as a sin offering and sacrifice that bull. And then in in chapter 4, verse 13, it says this, friend, listen to this. If the whole Israelite community sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, even though the community is unaware of the matter, they are guilty. Everyone is guilty, not just one or two, but all of the community is guilty. And when they become aware of the sin they committed, the assembly must bring a young bull as a sin offering and present it before the tent of the meeting and then the elders of the community are to lay their hands on the bull's head before the Lord and the bull shall be slaughtered before the Lord. And in verse 22, so we've, we, we, we've touched on the priest, we've touched on the community as a whole, and now we're going to touch on the leader who sins unintentionally Verse 22, when a leader sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the commands of the Lord as God, he is guilty. When he is made aware of the sin he committed, he must bring an offering of a male goat without defect, and he is to lay his hand on the goat's head and slaughter it in the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered before the Lord. It is a sin offering. So you got a leader, an Israelite as a whole community, Verse 27, it talks about a regular member of the community. If a member of the community sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, he is guilty. He must be made aware of the sin he's committed. And he must bring as his offering for the sin he committed a female goat without defect. He is to lay his hand, hand on the head of the sin offering and slaughter it. And then in verse 30. Or in chapter 5, in verse 4, or starting in verse 1, it starts listing all of these other uh, uh, sins that a person may commit. If a person in verse 1 sins because he does not speak up when he hears a public charge to testify regarding something he has seen or learned about, he will be held responsible. And it goes on on this list. And in verse 5 it says, If anyone is guilty in any of these ways, he must confess in what way he has sinned. And as a penalty for the sin he has committed, he must bring to the Lord a female lamb or goat from the flock as a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement to him for his sin. Verse 14 it talks about this. The Lord said to Moses, when a person commits a violation and sins unintentionally in regard to the Lord's holy things, he is to bring the Lord as a penalty, a ram from a flock, one without defect and a proper value in silver, 
according to the sanctuary shekel. And the reason I'm reading all of this is it just dawned on me the sheer number of sacrifices that were needed. In Leviticus 4 verse 35, and it says, In this way the priest will make atonement for him for the sin he's committed, and he will be forgiven. See, friend, when you commit a crime, you don't get off in court just by saying, well, I, I, I apologize, God, I won't do it again. Justice was required. This was the whole reason for the sacrifice. Someone has to pay. And instead of you paying, friend, bodily for this, rams, goats, doves, bulls, all those came into function. Justice required that you pay for what you've done. So the Israelites, friend, just couldn't march into God's presence to have fellowship with Him. They had to bring sacrifices to pay, or the choice word is to make atonement for their inadequacies or sins. These sins cost very dearly. You think of the sheer number of what it took to sacrifice every day. A bull, a goat represented a sizable contribution. Very poor people could give less, a pair of doves or some flour, but in every case, a person would feel the cost, friend. Cost in terms of something that he had to work for and own, something grown on his own farm. He had to give it up. And each year, a good portion of their economy went up in the smoke, so to speak. Hundreds of animals and a lot of energy to gather wood kept the fire lit and sacrifices going. The tent of the meeting stood at the center of the camp. and You could just smell the two-day sacrifices all over. I mean, you just, could you imagine living in that day? Every day they smelled the aroma of sacrifices dedicated to God. And we just read that there are, you couldn't approach God. The point is here, friend, is you couldn't approach God carelessly. You had to be very careful to do just exactly what He said to do to obey Him in every detail. The whole scene, though, just think about it, conceive of this, with its blood and priest and rituals, seems strange to us today. How can killing a goat make things right between God and His people? Is the sacrifice of an animal really enough to pay for our mistakes? And they may seem outmoded today, and that's, there's a reason for that. The animal sacrifices, you see, friend, were not enough ultimately to pay for human sin. They prepared the way for a sacrifice that was even better than that. Turn with me, friend, in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 1. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason it can never, by the same sacrifice repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, 
when Christ came into the world, friend, he said, sacrifice and offering did not desire, you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings were not, you were not pleased. Verse 7 of Hebrews 10, then I said, here am I, here I am, it is written about me in the scroll, I have come to do your will, O God. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, Here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second, and by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Amen, friend. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Listen, friend, in Hebrews chapter 9, starting in verse 11, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Jesus, friend, is the perfect sacrifice to take away our sin forever, to cleanse us completely and wholly. That's why all this matters. Amen, friends? And that's our study for this broadcast. Friend, I tell you what, you just can't read and blow through Leviticus and see all of those sin sacrifices and atonement, sacrifice all those animals and not see the wonderful picture of what Christ accomplished through his body, that the whole, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Amen, friend. Amen. And now, friend, we have the conclusion to name that Bible character. was your clue I was the purpose of King Agrippa's trip to Caesarea what purpose am I to salute Festus Acts 25 verse 13 and after certain days King Agrippa and Bernice came into Caesarea to salute Festus I was the purpose of King Agrippa's trip to Caesarea what purpose am I to salute Festus in name that Bible character. Well, friend, you too can become a follower of the greatest movement, a follower of Jesus Christ, by submitting your life over to Jesus in repentance and in baptism. And you'll receive a blessing that passes all understanding. Whew, what a wonderful place to be. In his hands. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you friend along the way. To help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website friend. Normanchurch.com Normanchurch.com Well friend I just want to tell you this. What a privilege and an honor it's been for me. To have you walking along my side during this show. May God bless you 
Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord has died for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord has risen for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord is living for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you. died to set us free he became sin for you and me he paid the cost on calvary the lamb of god to take away sin